What's up, Washington football team family? We're back with another episode going back to back to back. Three episodes in three nights, guys. You can't tell us that we're not pushing out the content that you're looking for, you're yearning for, that you want, that you need. I told you we're going to be your number one source for everything Washington football team. Putting out content every day on our social media pages. Now we're coming out every day on our platforms as well. But we're back with another reaction pod because the Washington football team made arguably their biggest flash of the offseason, their biggest splash of the offseason so far in signing former Carolina Panther and a Ohio State Buckeyes wide receiver Curtis Samuel to a three-year, $34 million, $34.5 million deal. And guys, I am ecstatic about this move. I can I know it's the same word that I use to describe my feelings about the William Jackson move, but I'm just as excited about this move. Maybe a tad bit more, because in William Jackson's case, you know, you were building the strength that you already had. But in Curtis Samuel's case, this offense was in dire, dire need of a playmaker of somebody like Curtis Samuel's st stature. And like like I did in last episode, I can't do anything but clap it up for the Washington football team for what they've done in the offseason so far. Bringing in Fitz Magic from bringing in Will Jackson and now bringing in Curtis Samuel at this price tag. I said a three-year, $34.5 million deal. Now, that's two consecutive deals, guys, where we didn't break the bank. For William Jackson, where he's receiving about $14 million a year. And like I told you, that's around Trey Wayne's, Marcus Peters' money. And then we signed in Curtis, Curtis um, Samuel to under $12 million a year. So this is a, this is a perfect, perfect signing. And, you know... I'm, a, I'm scarred. I'm scoring as a Washington football team fan. You know, I'm hesitant to give them all the props that they've had or that they deserve or maybe that they've earned because, you know, I've, I've been a Washington football team fan for over 20 years, so I know how this goes. Any success that we have isn't isn't sustained, and we don't really sustain longevity as far as success goes, but I can't do anything but salute them, like I said. So, like, um, we're going to break down the signing of Curtis Samuel to D.C. Like I told you guys a couple seconds ago, this is... Is a player that the watch that the offense is in dire need of you know last season behind whatever quarterback it was we weren't explosive and we didn't have a legitimate threat outside the numbers outside of Terry McLaurin and then later in the season you know when Terry who came out um, in a recent interview and said that he was playing with two high ankle sprains when you know those injuries and the game plan was taking him out the game it was, our offense was shot especially late in the season um, so bringing in somebody like Curtis Samuel is a blessing and it's something that like I said we were in desperate need of so Sir Curtis Samuel is 5'11 he's 195 pounds and I described him as a wide receiver earlier guys but he is a weapon he is an offensive weapon I know Antonio Gibson likes to call himself the uh, the weapon and that's his moniker so I won't I won't I won't take that away from AG because AG is still my guy but Curtis Samuel is just strictly an offensive weapon he's somebody that you can line up at any uh, at any at any position on the field whether that be in the back backfield, whether that be at the Y, the Z, the X. Now, he can't play on the outside as, you know, a full-time receiver because he is more of a slot. Now, I wouldn't necessarily say a gadget guy, but he is more of a slot inside the numbers type guy, but this is definitely what we needed as a Washington football team offense. So, um, Curtis Samuels entering his age 25 season, so he won't even be turning 25 until around August, guys. He's almost a full year younger than Terry McLaurin. Like, let that sink in. 
He's been in the league two years longer, and he's almost a full year younger than Terry McLaurin. And the interesting, interesting thing about that, if you guys have been following the Washington football team community or the players, you guys have probably realized that Terry McLaurin was really excited about this move. I've never seen, you know, Captain Terry, Scurry Terry, you know, be on social media and, and that active on social media as he was last night. He was laying out a tweet per minute, like, we prayed about this in the dorms, move, smiley face, putting up pictures of him and Curtis Samuel, and that's actually Actually, because those guys were actually a, a part of the same recruiting class into Ohio State in the 2014 recruiting class. So that's an interesting tidbit, and that's only that can only help, you know. Uh, Curtis Samuel being familiar with a lot of resources around with with that, whether that be Terry McLaurin, whether that be playing under Marty Herney and Ron Rivera in the past. So I I can see why you know. And you guys can see why I had so much faith in, you know, Curtis Samuel potentially being the Washington football team acquisition. If you guys can remember at the end of my William Jackson episode, I said, hopefully we sign a big offensive name. And I dropped Curtis Samuel this is because I had a feeling. If you guys follow John Kime as well, you know, he's had strong Ohio State, Buckeye, Ohio State Buckeye ties. And then, you know, he's a Washington football team beat writer who's been on the beat for forever. And he was just keep constantly sending out tweets like, I, I, I'm still waiting on the Curtis Samuel move like I'm, I'm still I'm still I'm still here you know and then he even let out a treat, tweet um, yesterday before the move happened like let's let's still look out for the Curtis Samuel front if I expect anything for him I don't expect a one year deal either somewhere around three or four deals and he hit this he hit it on the head he hit it on the head you know Curtis Samuel ended up signing a three year 34 and a half million dollar deal and like I said guys he's entering his age 25 season and he's entering his fifth season in the league and and the reason that I'm excited about it, because he has gotten better each and every year. So to start out when he first came in this um, league in 2017, he only you know was able to garner 151 receiving yards. Then in 2018, he he was able to garner 494 in 19, 627, and then this past season was a career high of 851 receiving yards. But remember, guys, like I told you, Curtis Samuel isn't just a receiver, and it wouldn't be fair to label him that because this past season he actually carried the ball 41 times he carried the ball 41 times for somebody that's supposed to be labeled just a receiver he's not that he's an offensive weapon and he managed to um, get 200 yards in those 41 carries to take him over 1,000 all-purpose yards for the season so he's somebody that's coming off a 1,000 all-purpose yard season and we need that type of production on the Washington football team like I said outside of Terry nobody scares you on the outside and I know I said that you know Curtis Samuel may be playing primarily in the slot, but he is somebody that you can line up outside, and he's shown that he can uh, have productivity lining up on the outside, and my, one of my favorite things about Curtis Samuel, rather than other, you know, gadget-type players or jet-sweep-type players, is he can run every route in the route tree, and he's gotten better at, the, at that every year. We got to remember, uh, or if you guys don't know, Curtis Samuel was damn near a full-time running back when he was playing on the Ohio State Buckeyes. If you guys remember that legendary run he had against the Michigan State Wolverines, to end the game in double overtime. So he was transitioning over, kind of like how AG um, Antonio Gibson is making the transition from receiver to running back. He was trying to kind of transition from running back to full-time receiver entering the NFL. And my favorite thing about that is that he's gotten better at it, like I said, every year. You know, the route running has gotten better. He can run every route in the route tree. He can route every route. Not saying that he's the best at it, but he can separate with the best of them. And he's just an electrifying player with the ball in his hands. Like I said, he had four, 41 carries last season. 
He had 41 carries last season, and that was in a new offense with, you know, Joe Brady and Matt Rule, who, who had a more college-type explosive offense, but they knew how to utilize his skill set. And I believe that somebody like Scott Turner is going to be able to utilize his skill set as well. If you guys can look at the trend of, you know, this last four games that Scott called in 2019 after he took over for his father as the Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator after Rivera had um, got fired, Curtis Samuel's production had an uptick. You know, he had more receive, more receiving yards per game and more rushing yards per game as he did um, before and earlier in points in that season. So I can only see, you know, Scott Turner using more, you know, creative ways to get him the ball. And I, I even sent out a tweet yesterday. Can you imagine? Maybe not a three-back field set, but or a, a, a set where Curtis Samuel is motioning in the backfield and you can have three options of giving the ball to between McKissick, Samuel, and Gibson. Oh, my God. Oh, do you, like those are three three explosive threats that have both have received have experience receiving and rushing the ball, guys. I can honestly see this offense doing a complete 180. You know, a lot of us in the Washington football team community, including myself, felt like the offense was holding this team back last year, and I, I didn't I didn't necessarily have a positive outlook um, towards you know the offense going into this upcoming season, but now I do with the acquisition of Fitz Magic, who I know is going to throw the ball deep, which may you know, cause more turnovers than Alex had, but I know he's going to have more splash plays. And if you just look and compare their numbers from last season, they played in relatively the same amount of games. Ryan Fitzpatrick's numbers were better. Like every across the board, they were better. Better a deep ball thrower. He was a, he was more accurate. Like he more yards per game. He was a better quarterback, and he's older than Alex Smith, which is surprisingly. And um, one thing that um, I really want to talk about with Curtis Samuel is he had the highest conversion catch rate on deep ball passes last year. So this is a perfect. This is a perfect pairing between Fitz Magic and Curtis Samuel, guys. And now with the acquisition of. Curtis Samuels, and I'm not just saying it's just this one player, but guys, we have, we're going to have so much speed on the field at now. We're going to have so much speed on the field now. I know a lot of people weren't enamored with Steven um, Sims. In his rookie year, but if we're going to be honest, Steven Sims had quite a disappointing sophomore year. He had a lot of drops, and I think a lot of people have been, you know, fooled by Steven Sims. I think Steven Sims is a pretty decent player, but if you look at his athletic profile, he isn't somebody that, you know, was expected to jump off the page. And I don't, I'm not saying, you know, that, you know, measurements and, you know intangible numbers intangible numbers are everything you know it's all about all about the the heart and the dog is that old saying is but Steven Sims is somebody who's about 5'8 and he runs on record 4'6'40 I think a lot of us in the Washington football team community think that Steven Sims Jr. is faster than he is but he's not he's not he's not running with you know Curtis Samuel who's running a 4'3'1 Terry McLaurin who, who clocked in at a 4'3'6 and Antonio Gibson who's clocking in at a 4'3'9 he's actually one of our slower skill players that saw a lot of snaps so uh leading up into that and you know segueing out of that i do think that this signing you know may may spill the end for you know Sir Stephen Sims Jr. as a Washington football team player, he may have to battle it out for the backup backup slot position in training camp. But we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what we have to do in the draft as well. So speaking of the draft, you know this signing has only only made you know the draft selection at 19 more of a wild card because you know we don't know who we're going to select. You know uh, a lot of people were figuring that we may not go quarterback in the first round after the Fitz Magic signing, but I'm hearing a lot of beat reporters saying let's let's not count that out just yet. Let's not count that out. 
out just yet. I, I'm personally thinking that we may go defense um, like a linebacker. Like I told you guys before that I think, you know, that Jack and, and Ron, who are linebackers, linebackers, men, men, are actually looking for, you know, their Luke Kuechly s type linebacker to anchor the defense. So, you know, maybe a Zayvon Collins or if a Michael Parsons slips or a JOK, if they, you know, they're there at 19. But honestly, if you pair somebody like Rashad Bateman or Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle with Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and then it had Fitz Magic throwing the ball, who I know can be turnover prone at, at times, but you know he's going to air it out. So you know he's going to give the receiver chances. And if you have this much talent, chances are all they need. Chances are all they need to succeed. Like, Think about the Kansas City Kansas City Chiefs offense. I know you know they struggled in the play in um, the Super Bowl, but think about what they've been and what they've sustained over the past three years. That's because they have speed demons on the outside. When you got McCole Harmon, who's slower than who's slower than Curtis Samuel, but then you have like Tyreek Hill, who's who's a freak of nature type athlete. But I believe that you know Curtis Samuel can serve in that Tyreek Hill type role because you know Tyreek Hill did see his fair share of carries earlier in his career and things like that before he became this dominant number one receiver but I'm starting to see a blueprint for this Washington football team offense and I'm very very excited about it guys we're going to have so much speed on the field I made a tweet yesterday on my bleeding BNG Twitter page where I said you know parent fits magic with a, quarter, a quarterback who likes to go deep with guys like JD McKissick Antonio Gibson uh, who runs a 439 uh, Terry McLaurin who runs a 436 and Curtis Samuel who runs a 4-3-1 this isn't your grandfather's Washington football team offense or you know the Washington R-word offense this isn't your typical you know grandfather's offense we we have the potential to do a complete 180 and go from a team who was just looking to move the chains to having explosive plays I honestly think we have the potential to have our best offense since the 2016 season that was the season that essentially got Sean McVay the job in the with the Los Angeles Rams if you guys remember at, at that that point in the season that uh, Kirk was uh, it, did Kirk throw for over 5,000 yards he may have or he might have been just under but he had we had three 1,000 yard receivers between Crowder Jackson and Garcon and we were putting up historical numbers without a run game um, that year and I think that this offense has a chance to be more balanced and just as explosive we are missing you know a, a dynamic tight end just as dynamic as um, Jordan Reed but you know we still have Logan Thomas who was damn good in his breakthrough breakout season last year and a report from John Kahn as well said that, that the team is looking to pair Logan Thomas with another tight end throughout free agency as well. So I'm 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 really excited about this offensive outlook um, for the team, guys. Um, like I said earlier, I do expect Ryan Fitzpatrick to start, and that may be that's going to be a good thing for these dynamic playmakers because he is going to give them a chance. And then knowing that we have a defense who we can't wear down, so we don't want too many turnovers, but a defense that may essentially like may not break once you know once they give the ball up, who who may be stout enough to you know hold their hold their point of attack and you know get the ball back potentially with athletes like William Jackson on the outside and then the dynamic front four with Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne and that Alabama wall, Matt Ioannidis and them, you know, Jonathan Island. Guys, guys, we're getting close to to that Super Bowl contender field, and I'm I'm not I, I I'm I'm hesitant to give you that. Like I said, I've been scoring so many years as a Washington football team fan, but I am really really excited about the outlook of this season. Bringing in a dynamic athlete like Curtis Samuel, all that's going to do is pairing him with Terry McLaurin is going to put stands in the seat. Hopefully, you know, once this pandemic is over, and you know, it's it's 2021. You know, teams put points up on the board. It's great, you know, building a foundation on defense and things like. 
like that, but they're not going to win you a Super Bowl like the 2000 Ravens. They're not going to do that in this day and age, not when the rules have changed to favor the offense and not when, you know, so many people are involved in fantasy football. Those days are over on just relying on a defense to win you a championship. You need pieces and dynamic athletes like, you know, Terry McLaurin, like a Curtis Samuel, like an Antonio Gibson, who even if your offense isn't that good, you know, or, you know, that offensive game plan isn't that sustainable, they can provide you with those big, deep, flash plays that, you know, you may score with a flash in the pan that, you know, say, hey, in one minute into the game, it's 7 nothing. defense, hold them. Like, what you going to do? You know, what three minutes into the game is fourteen nothing defense. You should our defense should be good enough to up, uphold a fourteen point lead at this point, guys. Guys, if you can't tell, I'm really excited about this season. Thank you for tuning in. After as I do after the end of every episode, please, please make sure that you're following our social media pages. Our Instagram is at b l e e. D-I-N-G, B-N-G, that's Bleeding B-N-G. And then our Twitter is a tad bit different. Um, it's only one G, so it's at B-L-E-E-D-I-N-B-N-G. And also, guys, please make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube page as well. And please leave those comments on our, you know, our podcast platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play. We're available on everything at this point. Like I said, guys, we're pushing out this content. Remember, follow us. Follow us. We're your number one source for everything Washington football team. Nobody's bringing you as much content. Three podcasts in three days? Thank you guys for tuning in. I really appreciate the uh, feedback. I love you guys. I'll see you guys soon.